Our reading from God's law today is Proverbs 21, verse 24. A proud and haughty man, scoffer is his name, he acts with arrogant pride. A proud and haughty man, scoffer is his name, he acts with arrogant pride. Please be seated. Today I'm beginning a a series of readings from God's law using the seven deadly sins as my outline. Uh, This list of sins was formalized by Pope Gregory I in the sixth century AD, and he was the one who gave them the name the seven deadly sins. And they're called deadly because according to Roman Catholic theology, committing one of these sins severs a person's relationship with God and results in the loss of saving grace. You see, according to Roman Catholic theology, there are two types of sin, mortal sins and venial sins. Venial sins are the less serious ones. Roman Catholicism teaches that venial sins do not disrupt the person's relationship with God, but mortal sins do. So a lifelong Christian commits a mortal sin, that being one of these seven deadly sins, and, they, and then they, they physically die without a priest having absolved them of that deadly sin, then Catholicism says that that person will spend eternity in hell. There's absolutely no opportunity for them to, to go to heaven. The mortal sins cause people to lose their salvation and they will spend eternity in hell unless they come to mass, confess that sin to a priest and partake of the Eucharist, that is the the Lord's Supper, and then that grace, that saving grace is restored to them according to Catholic theology. As Protestants, we reject that, of course. Uh, That was an instrumental part of the Protestant Reformation that continues to be something that Protestants today Um, vehemently reject concerning the teachings of Roman Catholicism. And we reject the distinction between venial and mortal sins. We believe that every sin, however small or however great, is justly punished by the eternal wrath of God. But we also believe that when a person is united to Christ by faith, the punishment for every single sin that that person has committed has been born upon the person of Jesus Christ when he hung upon the cross. And this is what we call the substitutionary atonement. For those of us who are united to Christ by faith, Jesus served as our substitute when he received the full wrath and fury of God the Father, uh, the very wrath and fury that um, we properly deserve as a punishment for our own sins. Christ endured that on our behalf. We believe, therefore, that because our sins have been atoned for by Jesus, that we can never, ever sin our way out of salvation. In other words, we can never lose our salvation. We are eternally secure in Christ. So Protestants don't normally talk about the seven deadly sins. Uh, This is a, a Roman Catholic thing. Uh, And for this reason, if you hear somebody making reference to the seven deadly sins, then it's usually, you're usually pretty safe to assume that that they have been influenced by Roman Catholicism or that they themselves are Roman Catholic or that their only exposure to 
to uh, religion has been the, the Roman Catholic faith. But understand that there's nothing wrong with this list of sins. There's absolutely nothing wrong with this list. In fact, this is a very helpful list because it covers so many of the sins that we are all prone to committing. So over the coming weeks, I'm going to be working through this list during our readings uh, of God's law. And today we're going to focus on the first on this list, which is pride. Now our reading uh, today is from Proverbs 21:24, And what this verse says is that a proud person is a haughty person who acts with arrogance. A proud person is a haughty person who acts with arrogance. And let's define haughty and arrogance. Haughty means being high-minded, high-minded in a morally deficient way. It's considering oneself to be better than others. It's scorning other people or having disdain for other people because they don't match up to some particular standard that this prideful person has erected. So the haughty person is the one who says, I'm not gonna play tennis with you because you're not good enough to compete with me. The haughty person says, I don't need to listen to you because I know better than you do. The haughty person says, I'm not gonna hang around you because you're not as good looking as I am. Arrogance, it's very similar. Arrogance is having an exaggerated sense of one's own importance or abilities. It's having a sense of superiority, self-importance, or entitlement. Uh, To use biblical language, arrogance is thinking more highly of yourself than you ought. But the Hebrew word that is translated into English as uh, arrogant has a wider range of meaning than than simply what our English word arrogant means. Um, The overwhelming majority of the occurrences of this Hebrew word in the scriptures, uh, the word is translated wrath, anger, fury, rage, insolence. Now what do we make of this? The same word the Bible uses to describe a proud person is also used to describe wrath and anger. Might this indicate a connection between pride and outbursts of wrath? Or pride and fits of anger? Or pride and insolence? If you don't know what insolence means, it's rude and disrespectful behavior. Insolence is when you act rudely and disrespectful towards other people. What our reading from Proverbs 21-24 is telling us is that a proud person is a haughty and arrogant person. In other words, pride manifests manifests itself in high-mindedness and thinking that we're better than others. And pride manifests itself in having an exaggerated opinion of oneself and an inflated sense of self-importance. And when these lofty opinions of oneself are challenged, pride manifests itself in outbursts of anger, along with rude and disrespectful behavior toward the one who's posing the challenge. But our reading of God's law this morning attributes more than just, uh, uh, or attributes one more word, I should say, 
our reading of God's law attributes one more word to the proud person. It's not so much a description of pride as it is a name that the Lord attributes to the proud person. Uh, This verse says, uh, scoffer is his name. Scoffer is his name. And this is very helpful for understanding pride because the book of Proverbs speaks about the scoffer in many places and in many ways, which is to say everywhere we see the name scoffer in the scriptures, particularly in the book of Proverbs, we can know that it's talking about a proud person because the proud person is named scoffer according to the verse uh, that serves as a reading of God's law this morning. So when Proverbs 9, 8 says not to correct the scoffer because he'll hate you for it, it's talking about a person who's too proud to admit that he's wrong. It's talking about the person who's too proud to receive correction. And his response of hatred toward the person who's attempting to correct him is that wrath and insolence that is inherent in arrogance. When Proverbs 17.21 says that the man who begets a scoffer does so to his sorrow, it's talking about the intense struggle and prolonged travail a parent experiences when trying to raise a prideful son or daughter. It's the constant battle because the haughty and arrogant child disdains his or her parents. The arrogant son or daughter thinks their parents don't deserve to be listened to or honored with obedience because their parents don't really understand how things work in this world. Proverbs 21.10 says that when the scoffer is not around, contention stops. It says that when the scoffer is not present, strife and reproach will cease. So brothers and sisters, one of the ways that you can identify pride within yourself is to observe the effect that you have on the people you spend the most time with. Is your home more peaceful when you're at home interacting with your family? Or is your home more peaceful when you're away and the family is able to interact without you being there? If you're unsure how to answer this question, then ask your family members. Ask them whether your presence contributes to the peace within the home or strife within the home. The same point is made in Proverbs 29, verse 8, which says that the scoffer sets a city aflame. The scoffer sets a city aflame. Not only does a scoffer set a a city aflame, but the scoffer sets a family aflame. Uh, And given enough time, he'll set the workplace aflame, the soccer team aflame, the church aflame, and any other community of people that he or she consistently interacts with. And the last example I'll share, albeit certainly not the the last thing the book of Proverbs has to say about the scoffer, comes from Proverbs 14, verse 6. This verse says that a scoffer seeks wisdom but does not find it. A scoffer seeks wisdom but does not find it. And the reason he doesn't find it is because nobody is wise enough to meet his standard. Being haughty and arrogant, nobody is wise enough to meet his own self-inflated level of wisdom. This is why nobody is ever qualified to offer advice to the proud person. And this is why the proud person is never able to submit himself to the authorities 
God has instituted in this world for the government of the individual, for the government of the family, for the government of the church, for the government of civil society. There's always a reason why the proud person says, I can't submit to them. And the proud person thinks that he's being humble as he says, I've tried. I've, I've really tried to seek wisdom and counsel to, uh, from other people. I've tried to submit to other people, but nobody understands things the way that I do. So what's the Bible's resolution for pride? It's to put off the sin of pride and put on the virtue of humility. It's to put off the sin of pride and to put on the virtue of humility. And an excellent example or description of how to do this is contained in Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also the interests of others. Brothers and sisters, This can only be done when you act in accordance with the saving faith you've received by grace from the Lord. Let me say that again, because this this is the essence of the solution. This can only be done when you act in accordance with saving faith, the saving faith that you have received by grace from our Lord. And I say you need to act in accordance with saving faith because arrogance is our natural fallen disposition. And so esteeming others better than yourself is not natural to you or me. And haughtiness is our natural fallen disposition. So looking out for the interests of others is not natural for you and me. But when faith enables you to do uh, nothing through selfish ambition or conceit, you put off pride. And when faith enables you to esteem others more highly than yourself and then to look to out for the interests of others, you are putting on humility. That, brothers and sisters, is how you mortify the sin of pride. And that, dear friends, is how you will be kept from being a scoffer. Now this reminds us, all of us, of our need to repent. And where the Holy Spirit is born witness to you of your sin in this regard, or your sin in any other regard. Uh, Remember that God pardons and forgives all who truly repent while trusting in the atoning work of Jesus Christ. And because repentance includes confession, we begin our repentance by confessing our sins to God. And so let's do that right now. Uh, Let's take a, a moment of silence. And during the silence, I encourage you to confess your sins, whether that's the sin of being prideful, the sin of being a scoffer, or any other sin the Lord has burdened your heart with, bring it to the cross of Jesus Christ. Confess it to him in the privacy of your personal prayer communication during this time of silence. And then after a suitable time of silence, I'll lead us in a corporate prayer of confession as well. Let's pray.